0: Our next storyteller uh, is going to be Jonathan, and I admitted in his bio that (laughs) because he didn't get us a bio, I just Googled things for him. I didn't get the same results as Dick Griffith, (laughs) and so I I included that he actually has the same name as the lead character or the child on Who's the Boss, and he apparently had a story of trauma from his childhood about this. (laughs) So when he comes up, I'm actually going to let him take just a second to actually introduce himself. Jonathan is our next storyteller. I'm not going to do the intro. That's fine. I made peace with it. I've been therapied enough by now. Okay. I'm going to hold this, though, because I do have attachment issues. Okay. Okay, thanks. I prayed to God I would not follow Dick Griffith. I'm just going to say that's my disclaimer, okay? But being what it is Um, so I turned 40 a couple months ago (laughs) yeah thanks you haven't heard the rest Um, for um, and I have a job now but for a lot of my 39th and part of my 38th years I was mostly unemployed and uh, I gotta say we don't know each other most of us and uh, that period of time was like living a page straight out of the midlife crisis playbook I'm telling you and um, to kind of help ward off the stress and the anxiety that was brought on by this situation, I became really consumed with ideas of employment and our notions of vocation and our work, as well as failure, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but I found it very interesting. For instance, I think it was the Merriam-Webster's uh, and their list of definitions under employment, I think the first one that they cited, the first listing, was uh, read simply as use or purpose. So employment is use or purpose. I think it was Webster's, it, don't quote me on that. <laughs> However, that got me to thinking that although, I mean, I think I have a pretty decent resume, um, though I've had a lot of paid experience over the years, paid jobs, I've been wondering about um, how often in my life I felt truly employed. Uh, one situation I've returned to over and over again in that time, um, in late October 1995, I joined 19 other recent college graduates, 10 men, 10 women total, five miles back in uh, Bear Brook State Park, located in New Hampshire. And uh, for $69 a week, after taxes, <laughs> we were paid to uh, winterize, occupy, and uh, turn into a base of operations, a, an abandoned 4-H summer camp in this uh, state park. And we were supposed to uh, build from the ground up a nonprofit program that would be sponsored by the Student Conservation Association emphasizing environmental education and um, trail work which would be offered to state parks around the state. So I was 23 years old. I grew up in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Had rarely left Philadelphia until that point in my life. Hey, thanks. Philicio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> had rarely left Philadelphia in, uh, all of my life until then. I held a A uh, bachelor's degree, a three month old bachelor's degree in English, one of those profitable uh, practical (laughs) degrees and I um, had never, until my first night there, worn a stitch of polypropylene. I'd never heard of Carhartts. You see why I didn't want to follow Dick (laughs) Griffiths. I was a city boy um, and I, I had no clue actually what even drew me to this job except for the sheer terror and thrill of it. And we, um, there, was a, there was a song that, oh, I, I need to say too, this uh, program was largely funded by uh, Bill Clinton's AmeriCorps initiative, which, um, thank you, good. Um, you've heard of it. So, and uh, that it was their hope that the New Hampshire Parks and Student Conservation Association would uh, be able to roll this program out for the next few years after we built it up. Um, so that, uh, that year, Bruce Springsteen, the patron saint of New Jersey, uh, released an album <laughs> on which one of the narrators in his so- one of his songs uh, remarked that you'll get used to anything that sooner or later becomes your life. And like I said, I know I'm sharing this story with a room full of Alaskans. You've all like played Twister with Wolverines or something. Um, <laughs> arm wrestle grizzlies. But <laughs> I had no idea how much we were in for, what we had to get used to. Uh, we, we needed to insulate uh, and uh, roof uh, this main lodge dining facility that would serve as the base of operations. And we removed it. we slept in shack cabins that were littered around the property. And uh, I had very minimal construction spe- experience going into this, which is to say none at all. And so we did manage to do that. However, while we were doing this, we learned that the state park was going to shut off all the water, all water access uh, around the park so that the pipes would not freeze over the winter. We arrived in late october as i shared and we were right on the fringe edge of winter and it was just uh, that alone was a little bit terrifying because i'd never slept in a sleeping bag um, that did not feel like a flannel shirt inside (laughs) until that point in my life so i didn't know what we were in for (laughs) and i think every sleeping bag come from steers until that point in my life (laughs) so this led us to we had to quickly dig out a couple of ditches for outhouses and install these outhouses and, uh, and we quickly uh, learned that there was a pump shack not too far away and so in rotating pairs throughout the season we started having to haul our water, our drinking and dishwater. and we soon uh, procured um, shower benefits uh, at the nearest YMCA because we weren't, we weren't sure how we were going to bathe however the nearest YMCA was about an hour away so um, we had to get pretty ripe before we ever piled into our vans and went and got showers on top of this, the snowmobilers, the region snowmobilers, when they found out that we lived there, um, they, got, they threw themselves into a tizzy because we happened to be occupying one of their favorite uh, portions of the park. And so they somehow struck a deal with the parks that uh, we would not fully plow the roads leading in and out of the park. We had to leave a few inches of powder on the roads, which made every 16 passenger ride out in and out of the park like a, just a gigantic bobsled run. <laughs> And it was during that year, my claim to fame in this program is that it was during that year, the tail end of that winter, that I totaled my boss's car. Um, And that's a long story I won't get into here. But anyway, given that, I think now to that first morning that I woke up in this cabin, and uh, I walked my way down to the lodge facility where we would have breakfast, and the, as you know with a lot of New England, it was just these dense uh, maple groves and they were just dumping their leaves as winter was coming. And uh, the, the, the floor of that forest just looked like this flaming carpet, like it had been woven into a flaming carpet. And when I entered our, this lodge facility, it was just this ancient-seeming building that, uh, and very long, very wooden, rustic structure. I saw the backs of all of my uh, soon-to-be co-workers and as I approached them, I realized that they were all huddled around the single fireplace on the whole property. <laughs> and it would be a couple weeks before we could install wood stoves. So everybody was just standing there swearing and uh, shivering and trying to warm their fingers. And we looked like this litter of newborn puppies or piglets trying to get milk or something, <laughs> just jostling around trying to get warm somehow. Nothing told me at that point in my life, at that point in the, in the job, that uh, we were going to be able to make wooden bridges or install these stone staircases around the park or that in the act of just hauling water, ordinary water, and engaging in just simple conversation and dialogue, the miracle of simple conversation, go figure, we slowly started to realize that we weren't necessarily just building a nonprofit program, uh, we were starting to build a community. And I know the thing rang, so now I'm trying to figure out what to say, how to close this up. <laughs> Seventeen years later, I'm, uh, I've been regularly informed that this program continues to thrive, and I've played uh, music at the wedding of a lot of my coworkers. Um, we were able to chop enough wood in that year to uh, even make enough for the following year coming in, the following program. I've had a lot of paying jobs since that time, a lot of paying gigs, some of them better than others, and a lot of them have led me from point A to point B in my life well enough. But I have not felt so fully employed um, as I think I I did in that job. Thoreau and Walden, he urges us to shave close um, and to reduce life to its simplest terms, drive life into a corner and reduce it to its simplest terms. And, excuse me? Okay, I'm almost done. (laughs) I have had a lot of paying jobs since that time. But um, there is no app, no social network out there, no job that I've held that's been able to compare with that experience. Thanks.